I had always decided being a gynecologist in my head that whenever I get pregnant I want to run because I have seen a lot of athletes not not many Indian athletes but a lot of international athletes doing it and I was pretty sure that you can do it and there's a lot of science behind it on how to do it thankfully when I got pregnant I was at my peak fitness levels because I was in training for a race so that is the number one rule of training in pregnancy that you can train only if you were training before somehow finished with the last 10 were really 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 hard to get your mind and your body to get in sync and do it because your legs will say i want to stop but the mind is like go 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 mind says no i think we'll take a rest but legs are fine it was just like a constant mental uh, game in the last 10 kilometers and the the end is so electrifying because you enter into the main stadium in durban the entire stadium is full of people cheering for you and you have to run 200 meters in that stadium to the finish line so it is just like goosebump moment Um, polycystic ovarian syndrome and obesity are one of the leading factors for infertility and both of them both of them are highly curable by um, diet and exercise in fact for PCOS they say that a 5% weight loss will make you ovulate and get pregnant naturally so they won't even require any treatment and that is why uh, before i got into exercise i used to just tell them go lose weight and come but now i have started giving an exercise prescription I am Vicky Winky and this is the Working Athlete podcast here I talk to working athletes from all walks of life and experts from various sports to provide you with inspiration training tips time management and lifestyle advice if this is something that interests you please make sure you subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any future episode today's guest dr erika patel is a gynecologist who specializes in fertility treatment she is also a runner and a triathlete she recently completed comrades marathon a 90 km ultra marathon event which is one of the toughest and were the oldest races in the world As a gynecologist and fertility specialist she says she always prescribes exercise to all her patients before medication her personal journey is very inspiring as well having found out that she was pregnant just 2 months before her what was supposed to be her first triathlon event she focused on staying fit through the pregnancy through just running She went from walking and running in the 100 meters before her house while taking care of her kid who was born at the peak of the first wave of the pandemic. She went on to successfully finish one of the hardest races in the running world in just 2 years. This has been a fascinating conversation. I hope you enjoy that. With that, let us get into my conversation with Dr. Erika Welcome to the Working Athlete Podcast, uh, Erika. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Let us start by talking about uh, what is work for you. Well, I I am one of those uh, people who loves loves absolutely loves my uh, job, and uh, because there's some sort of happiness in um, 
seeing when people see a positive pregnancy test and when they have a newborn in there um so that that happiness is something that i really love awesome so <clears throat> next where what i want to talk about is uh, you know what was your relationship uh, with sports as a kid growing up so i have always been um, into some of the other sports since i was a child I, in in my school i was playing multiple uh, sports long jump athletics um kabaddi even volleyball for some time uh, but mainly i think after a point i totally branched into badminton and went into some serious uh, training for badminton and i till the time i was um, in school up to 12th i i played for gujarat state after oh, that i state level to, <laughs> yes and after that yeah. i shifted to bombay for my mbbs and i think that was the end of my uh, sports journey yeah it it is uh, very understandable because mbbs itself is very demanding uh, course yes. right so i guess your focus was completely on that uh, you know and couldn't do any any sports so when did you pick up uh, you know sports again after uh, after that break after almost 10 years 9 to 10 years is when i picked it up again and that the thing that i picked up again was the running i i i did my mbbs in bombay i did my um, gynac in baroda i did go to the gym here and there sometimes but uh, not much of time being a gynecology resident also uh, after i came after i got married and came to chennai um i came to chennai in 2014 and about in a year or so i started running not running actually run walk sort of okay so what what was the motivation uh, behind you know picking it up again <laughs> weight loss honestly it was weight loss i had put on a lot of weight and being an athlete all my life i have seen the the fitter version of myself so i think it was um, and not more so about weight loss being overweight look wise but i think i was more concerned about the fitness like i would climb a flight of stairs and i would be huffing and puffing so that is what made me feel more bad it was not too much about weight in the mirror right yeah they, you know how we how we feel and uh, you know how uh, we feel doing any activity uh like you said this flight of stairs if we are huffing and puffing that is not a great sign right yeah. so that that acted as your uh, motivation i guess so but then uh, when you mentioned uh, you know it was a, a bit of weight also was a bit of a concern but uh, how um, how much heavier were you and how much did you end up losing once you started uh, your uh fitness journey again so i lost about 15 kilos in a year in exactly a year actually about 14 to 15 kgs in a year wow but that, that is that a massive point, reduction <laughs> yes but at that point of time actually i was not doing too much of running i was doing i started strength work and running used to be that uh, how alternate days you do cardio and alternate days um strength so for a very long time i was in fact doing kickboxing with my trainer and uh, 
so running was only like a half an hour cardio that used to happen uh, on the other days okay okay and uh, uh, you know when we talk about uh, weight loss journey we talk about uh, uh, you know exercise being only a small component of it right but also the diet and everything else plays uh, a major role so what was what was that uh, uh, part of it you know and what helped you in that weight loss journey so to be honest when at that point of time i had very little knowledge about all of this so uh, yes i would accept that i went on that low carb high protein sort of a diet but i think over time i i did understand more read more about nutrition and um, and and i figured out that none of these um diets work and the only thing that actually absolutely works is uh, calorie restriction so i did change somewhere midway from these high high protein low carb sort of a thing to just a calorie restriction um in diet so can you expand a little bit on the calorie restriction part uh, you know uh, so that the audience can understand what exactly you did in terms of uh, yeah. uh, so cal- when when we talk about calorie restriction we uh, we mean that uh, we need x number of calories to get by the body needs x number of calories to get by in a day uh, uh, but we supply a little bit less than the calories that it needs right so that it can use the uh, you know whatever is there excess in the body and that's lead to the weight loss right yes yeah so initial days i was doing it like very meticulously if you see there are a lot of um, um formulas and equations available which you can put in your weight and height and it'll calculate the calories and you put in your physical activity also because that's where you burn calories and it'll give you a number and there are so many apps available where you can put in your food but it became so taxing for me because i'm so busy half the times so i'll forget and then calculating oh two rotis is this much calories and one vegetable is this much it became too much for me to me to handle it. that's when i joined the daily nine uh, program they also have an app which which just simplified it for me in terms of portions that my every meal should have not every meal but uh, my in in a day i should have three portions of protein two portion three portions of veggies and two portions of carbs and then of course no no junk very little oil sleep so it, when i say nine daily nine they have these nine things in which sleep also was one of the very very that you have to calculate it that none of the diets will work if you're not sleeping for good amount of mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. so uh, daily nine the nine po- nine things are uh, three portions of carbs three portions of protein and uh, uh, two portions of veggies no, three or portions is it Three portions of veggies, three portions of protein, two portions of carbs. Carbs and one sleep one portion is the sleep. Yes, okay. and no junk and less oil, and okay. physical activity. And physical activity yeah. and physical activity was and taken. I, these portions I say were for me, for my weight. Mm-hmm. 
so they do mm-hmm. help you the portions change according to your bmi but these were the ones that were my uh, things so i tried to this seemed a very simplified way of doing it and i felt until date i feel it is a most sustainable way to do it rather than sitting and counting calories of everything that you eat right yeah it it, it does sound uh, uh, you know very manageable when you yeah. kind of look at it instead of uh, inputting every every little thing in an app Uh, which can become a stress uh, a source of stress in itself yes yes right <laughs> okay so uh, is this daily nine uh, uh, an organization in chennai or do, yes. do they have online presence and stuff like that if uh, so, yes, anyone run, it's run by uh, the quad the quad is a uh, is a strength and workout place that i go to and this okay. is their nutrition uh, platform and anybody can go to the daily nine website and register and they send you an a way to download their app and you just have to and they will calculate your portions for you and they will send you all the all the options it's actually a very very interesting app because they send you like lots of recipes and they send you lot of other things um, on how to calculate your portions and things like that but yes okay. so anybody can go and register for it online okay that that is great uh, maybe some of the audience can uh, you know use that service if the you know if they are looking to uh, looking for help in that area yes. um coming coming to uh, you know after that weight loss journey right uh, with nutrition and uh, physical exercise uh, what what kind of you know how did your running journey uh, take off right because you mentioned that you weren't really focusing on running that much at that time but mm-hmm. when did you uh, you know get into uh, running and uh, more seriously and taking part in events and stuff like that so i think uh, um, i think a couple of months after i started doing this run walk uh, programs I joined a running group by Tai Rappers which is a part of Chennai Runners. Chennai Runners is a organization of um, runners across uh, Chennai and we have they have about 16 different chapters in different areas. So I happened to join um one of those chapters and that's where I met like a lot of runners who told me gave me a lot of information. In fact till then I didn't even know that there are races and 5Ks and 10Ks and things like that. so what race to register for how to train what are interval runs and what are tempo runs and what are long runs a lot of things because there are there are senior runners or more experienced runners i would say who would guide the newcomers like me to um, do it so and then i think 2016 and or something i did my first uh, 10k 10k race okay and uh, I think after that it was just a sort of addiction. You do a 10k, you want to do a 21, you want to do a faster 10k, you want to do a faster 21. And uh, 2018, I think two years after I started running, I did my first full marathon at Berlin. Wow! So that that is uh, you know one of the world majors, right? The Berlin Marathon. Yes. What was uh, what was your uh, you know training uh, uh, leading up to it and how did that go 
Honestly, I had no intentions of doing a full marathon. Some of my friends were applying for the lottery, as you, as people might know, for world majors, uh, you can get in entry through lottery system. And I was like, nobody gets it. Nobody ever gets through the lottery. So, so it's okay. We'll just we'll just still apply. And suddenly, to my surprise, I get through the lottery. Now I was like, oh God! And now I have to do the race, um, uh, because I had done only about two half marathons till then. so zero confidence but i started training towards it somewhere midway in the training i had an injury really bad injury and uh, so at the end of the training cycle it was more like finishing the race rather than doing it fast or getting a good time on thankfully i finished it in i think 5 hours and 38 or 39 minutes right it, because there was a cut off of 6 hours and i was like i've traveled all the way here i better go back with a medal right so you mentioned uh, you you know during the training you got injured what what yes. was the injury and how did you you know manage it so that you could make it to the start line so i was i think one of those uh, people who ignored the initial niggle and um, Uh, i mean i i think you'll understand when you tell a runner or a cyclist to not run or not cycle it's like the most difficult thing for us to do so i had a little bit of um, itb uh, issue but i kept ignoring it i kept running till it became so severe that i had a stress fracture of my hip joint bilateral both the sides not even one side both the sides wow and uh, and then i had to i reached a point where i had to completely stop running that's when i went to the ramachandra sports center i was i was doing my masters in infertility at that time in the same university and um there was a there was a really uh, good biokinetist uh, sandili who was a south african uh, unfortunately he's no more but um, he he really helped me do go through the rehab and they have a very good team of doctors and physios and things like that who together work and to, for rehabilitation so my rehab was mostly um sitting on the floor and strengthening basically no um, weight bearing no so load of, yeah no load so and they tried to help me maintain my aerobic fitness by cycling by swimming there used to be a lot of aqua jogging and things like that for a good 6 weeks before i went back on the road um, to run and okay. actually get to the finish line oh yeah so but uh, you know that you got a very good help in managing the injury and you were able to make it to the start line but how was the experience of uh, the race itself you know your first marathon and that to a world major like uh, you know berlin marathon an iconic race yes i think it was um, first of all i think it was a lot of excitement and i i very distinctly remember i think at the 12k mark uh, the wa- so they they give water in plastic glasses and people just throw it right i went flying on that plastic glass flat on the ground and i was like god this race is over for me somehow wow. because probably it was so early in the race i was not too tired or i didn't injure myself so much but finished it but i think after 35 36 it was just like a 
like a really uh, big mental game i had some of my friends who were traveling with me she was running with me on the footpath to just like push me to do it and i think once you see the finish line i mean i crossed the finish line and i cried i mean all my pictures from the finish line are so bad because i'm crying <laughs> but that was that was a very emotional moment for me because of the journey you know apart from the race the whole journey that led to the race yeah so you were injured you had to undergo yeah. a lot of uh, you know rehab to even make it to the start line and then go through uh, all that uh, you know from struggling from 35k onwards and hitting the wall and you know pulling through and ma- making it to the finish line and obviously you would be you know all those tears would be the tears of joy and of accomplishing something so uh, you know something so satisfying i would think right amazing amazing yeah. so that 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 is that must be a kind of memory for a lifetime so from then on uh, uh, what, did you do any more marathons or, or stuff like that so, honestly this was i mean this is what my my team who had worked on me for rehab had told me after this you are working on getting back normal so you promise us we'll let you go but after coming back you're not going to run you're going to build up that strength fix the injury and only then we go back on the road again because running a 42 in itself would aggravate a lot of issues so i came back and for good 3 to 4 months i was i did not run i cycled that's when i started cycling and then i was nice. like oh, now we know running now we know swimming now we know cycling now let's train for a triathlon <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so then that's exactly when they announced the goa half ironman in 2019 early 2019 and yeah I, goa 70.3 yes yes so i said that's the race this has come for me now we are doing well we're doing a triathlon i started training for the tri june july yeah peak peak training october end of october or something is the race and september i find out i'm pregnant so ah. that is of my triathlon journey there itself so i did not end up doing one okay okay so but you know you know motherhood is itself uh, a lot of uh, you know, <laughs> much much more than a triathlon <laughs> much more than a full distance iron man would take over 9 months right yeah. so uh, how was that period of uh, pregnancy uh, what were the were you doing any physical activity uh, that, to keep you yourself uh, fit during that phase how how did that go Yes absolutely so i had always decided being a gynecologist in my head that whenever i get pregnant i want to run because i have seen a lot of athletes not not many indian athletes but a lot of international athletes doing it and i was pretty sure that you can do it and there's a lot of science behind it on how to do it um thankfully when i got pregnant i was at my peak fitness levels because i was in training for a race so that is the number one rule of training in pregnancy that you can train only if you were training before you okay. cannot start running 
freshly you can do it only if you you had been doing it to the period that led to the pregnancy so then i i contacted one coach again from south africa coach lindsay perry who is an who trains pregnant athletes because oh. even though i was a gynecologist i wanted somebody who knows the running part of it i can manage right. the gynecological part of it but i really wanted to do it in a very scientific way because uh, i wanted to be very sure i'm doing the right thing so i started training with him since my second month itself Mm-hmm. definitely i mean it was initially quite a bit of a frustrating journey because you've seen yourself running so fast and suddenly you're like half your speed because uh, running in pregnancy is all about heart rate mm-hmm. it's not about distance it's not about the speed it's not about anything it's only and only heart rate number one rule you cannot you have to stop if the heart rate is going up so automatically there were a lot of walk breaks there was a lot of reduction in distance there was um, it was all throughout it was a run walk all throughout okay and uh, so was, uh, when you when you mention uh, heart rate sorry to interrupt uh, when you mention heart rate uh, you need to keep in control uh, is there a kind of uh, number uh, or ceiling that you have to keep in mind so i think it really depends on the person's resting heart rate itself for me mm-hmm. it was 150 155 but there's a lot right. of calculation that goes behind it because in pregnancy your resting heart rate goes up by 15 beats 15 to 20 beats without okay. so because your heart is pumping faster because it needs to send more blood to to your your body as well as to the baby so 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 the heart rate in general in pregnancy without training itself is a bit on a higher side so that that's a little bit of a calculation that you have to do but more or less 150 160 okay but interestingly even i did not know this but because like i said my coach was has done this with many and he he has um studied this on how to train pregnant athletes so my entire training changed based on trimester also like in my first trimester it was very slow runs in the second trimester in general it's considered to be the safe trimester of pregnancy and you have a lot more energy and everything i was actually doing i actually did a 10k race in my in my 7th month and nice. uh, i could do intervals i could do all of that the moment i entered my last 3 months last 2 uh, and a half months again the the type of runs and the training completely changed because now you're heavier and now you are more tired and so it was it was a mix of different types of training oh very very interesting uh, you know uh, but um, you know in general right yeah, especially or indians uh, once uh, uh, indian girls once they become pregnant everyone around them are uh, scaring them about uh, you know not doing any physical activity n- not uh, you know not getting up fast or you know this and that there's so much uh, information that uh, yes. uh, you know right or wrong kind of goes into them and uh, they become very sedentary in general right so do you do you think uh, you know you know doing physical activity during that period is important or how how do you advise so, them? 
so i completely agree to you that there is that, that is exactly what happens but uh, the the reason why i wanted to do it is when i tell my patients to do it i wanted to be an example i mean i cannot tell somebody to do it when i myself am not doing it right so first of all it's very important that your own gynec is on board because i also had another gynec who was taking mm-hmm. care of me i can't deliver my own baby so uh, <laughs> so um so she was on board i was doing my checks i was you know you have to be complication free there shouldn't be there are certain types of pregnancy where yes being sedentary is necessary and definitely mm-hmm. i won't recommend any sort of physical activity but whereas mm-hmm. there is a set of pregnancies which are healthy and you can do it and if you've been into it before you can definitely continue it so along with this i did a lot of um i did a lot of pelvic floor strengthening mm-hmm. and a whole different set of strengthening routine to make sure that i don't have any pregnancy related injuries that is number one and secondly the reason why i wanted to recommend physical activity is because it has been proven it reduces highly reduces the chances of um gestational diabetes hypertension in pregnancy excessive mm-hmm. weight gain in pregnancy and right. it highly increases the chances of having a normal delivery it's it's proven that the more sedentary you are uh, the more chances of cesarean sections so quite a few advantages of being active and plus i for me i felt the advantage is not during the pregnancy but the way i was back on my feet after delivery hmm. because 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 of being active throughout i was just back to my normal life in a week or two after after my delivery so that i felt was one of the biggest advantages uh, of being active during pregnancy amazing you know we we see um uh, uh, women in villages and uh, stuff who are active throughout their uh, you know the, throughout the period maybe like until the day of delivery and then mm-hmm. they are uh, you know on their feet again uh, uh, maybe within a week or something like that which, which mm-hmm. is what uh you know it sounds like in your case so yeah. obviously the you know staying uh, active if you are used to being active and having a gynec uh, you know on board with yeah. their uh, inputs obviously uh, is very important right uh, yes. amazing so let us uh, let, let us talk about that period uh, post pregnancy right uh, yeah. coming back to uh, how long did it take for you to kind of uh, get to your previous levels of uh, fitness so so interestingly if i get to the timeline of this eighth month of my seventh month of my pregnancy after i did that race that was february 2020 and march 2020 was when the pandemic hit us and we right. went into complete lockdown so i did not have any place to run except for that 100 meter pathway that i have which leads to my house so i used to do up and down because that was too scary first of all pandemic on top of that you're pregnant so there was definitely no going out so i used to run walk in that 100 100 meter pathway i did that for about 2 months 
I delivered in peak pandemic in June 2020. Wow. So even when I had to come back to running, it was again back to only that 100 meter because now I have a newborn. I can't afford to get infected. I'm feeding my child. So <laughs> it was quite a bit of a journey, but definitely I was back walking after a week. And like I said, talked about pelvic health, health right? So my pelvic health therapist, there are different therapists who, who really help pregnant women work on um, on their pelvic muscles. So she's the one who I started with first to build back the core and the pelvic muscle strengthening. And then slowly I went to walking and then running. And by I think by 12 weeks, I was fully back to running. Great, great. And oh my God, the, you know... Uh, <laughs> The delivery and, uh, you know, being uh, pregnant and delivering the child in peak pandemic uh, time, I can only imagine how, uh, you know, how much of an experience that must have been, right? Yeah, Those were really, really scary times. So that's why absolutely I feel that, you know, I think running really kept me sane because because of something that I love and plus... Plus, how they say that exercise is a stress reliever because this was next level stress to get, and that time that that was that first pan, first wave where we didn't know where we didn't know how scared we should be of COVID and what will happen and what will happen to the baby and things like that. So we didn't have a vaccine that time. It was no. yeah. I feel that that you know getting out getting out and doing that little bit something was was keeping me sane. Right. You know that that is really something, you know. Uh so if you you said uh, you know it took about 12 weeks for you to get back into fitness, right? Um uh, so uh, and we were uh, still uh, 2020, there were not a lot of uh, events or anything like that uh, because of the pandemic. So how did the how did your fitness uh, uh, routine uh, in 2020 and 2021 look like? So uh, did you do I any events also? No, so I continued with the same coach because he mm -hmm. helped me through how to build it back in postpartum also. And very, very interestingly, I mean, when we talk about math runs, right? So technically, I did math for nine months. So when uh, I... For, back... for, for, for listeners, can you expand a little bit about math runs and what it involves? So math runs are the, the low heart rate runs. Phil Maffeton is from where the, the math word comes. So when you do these... Um, really low so you have to run below your threshold heart rate and sorry aerobic heart rate and mm. um so so people do it for three months so that when you get back to your training even when you're running fast your heart rate is a little bit in control to put it in very simple simple words Correct. I mean, it helps you get a little bit faster also and it builds more of your aerobic uh, aerobic strength Mm -hmm. So they uh, math runs basically Maffetone, ma ma right? Uh, the guy who came up yeah. with this, uh, yes. he basically says you have to do a workout only in a very uh, 
low heart rate zones or aerobic keep it very aerobic uh, so it could be like 140 150 for most people and oh. uh, you have to, and does he also kind of uh, suggest uh, uh, doing uh, fat only kind of runs or how, how is that does the uh, no. diet also is diet also part of uh, math runs i am not I'm sure. not too sure. I even I'm not too mm. sure, but I think I think. But definitely the heart rate. The, yeah, you can go on the website and there's a calculate. He tells you how to calculate one eighty minus your age or something like that to find out at what heart rate you should be running to get advantage right. of this math run. Right. Hmm. So technically, people do it for three months, and it is honestly very frustrating because you have to run really, 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 really slow. and um i was always a very impatient type of a, a, a type of a runner and i could never do this but no no i can't run so slow no it's not possible and i never could do this but for pregnancy i had no choice but to keep my heart rate low so this is something which was very very interesting that when i got back postpartum 3 months i was just faster my my resting heart rate from before to now had dropped by 10 to 12 beats i was so much faster so that's probably when i realized that my god it's like i just realized i did 9 months of uh, low heart rate running and uh, and now i'm suddenly my i'm having like 10k pbs going from 59 to 52 my half marathon 225 now i'm running a 2 hour half within 6 months this is just by 6 months of after 6 months of pregnancy but these were all like one of those virtual races or self self time trials and none of the races were happening at that time that time right um i think do and then what happened during this phase the the, the coach that i'm talking about coach lindsay perry he is which i found out much later that he's the official coach for the comrades marathon Oh. and that's how the see, the thing of comrades marathon came that shall we do it you think i can do it one very joking um conversation yeah why not we'll do it next year so that's uh-huh. <laughs> slowly now if you do that till now so i don't know if you've been following the timeline till now i've done only that one full marathon that was berlin which was i 39 and now here i am talking about comrades marathon and um, you have to qualify for it for qualifying you have to do a full marathon so that's when i started getting into training for a full marathon with a pure intention of making it as my qualifying race mhm and absolutely um, nice 20 this is 2021 and then 2022 delhi february delhi marathon uh is what i was training for and the covid third wave whatever second or third i don't even remember now <laughs> that race got cancelled so i have a love hate relationship with these these lockdowns but so and that race got cancelled and okay i need a race to qualify and suddenly i've heard about jaipur marathon march 2022 this year mhm and i just went and i did that 428 a pb by 1 hour wow <laughs> so 529 to 428 yeah, 439 to yeah 428 more, more than an hour wow 1 hour 11 minutes <laughs> yes yes so that yeah. was a 
big, big, big achievement for me. And that that was my qualifying for Comrades Marathon. Awesome. So uh, for those who don't know about Comrade Marathon, can you give a little bit of uh, um, background saying what is the distance and where does it happen stuff? Yes. So the Comrades Marathon is the oldest uh, marathon of the world. It's now this year, would, it would be 101 years old. 1921 is when the first Comrades Marathon had happened. It's run between the cities of Durban and Pietermaritzburg in South Africa. And every year, one year it's from Durban to Pietermaritzburg and the next year it's the other way from Pietermaritzburg to Durban. It's an up and down run. However, it's it's a it's a very, very hilly terrain. It's it's one of the toughest runs that at least I have done with a distance of eighty nine point eight kilometers. Wow. Throughout. And what makes it the hardest one is that you have to finish it in 12 hours. So yeah. at 12 hours, the race shuts down. There's a bus that comes and picks you up. You can't even cross the finish line. You, you're not. There's a human volunteer chain before the finish line, which does not let you go through the finish mat at, at 12 hours. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, about 25,000 people run every year. This year, probably there was a little number was a little less, 15,000 or something because of COVID. But um, every year it's close to 20 to 25,000 people. Amazing, amazing. Such an iconic uh, event, uh, right? In the run, it is one of those uh, sacred races uh, for uh, uh, the running community. Uh, yes. Especially the, you know, those who are into uh marathon and beyond right so this is really one of the most iconic uh, events around the world so how was uh, your training leading up to it uh, uh, and uh, you know how did you make it to the start line how how did the training go leading up to it go so lots of challenges definitely first of all um it's a very hilly terrain. At least ten to twelve hills you have to climb in the in that ninety uh, k. It's about an elevation gain of fourteen hundred meters. So wow. throughout the race. So being in Chennai, I the only elevation that I have is flyovers, which is a two fifty meter. So I mean, running up and down the flyovers is the only hill training that you can do uh, here. So I think I did two of my longest run one was about 44 kilometers and the other one 55 kilometers i traveled to yerkat with my running group they came there to support me they ran certain distances with me and everything we traveled to yerkat and i did um, uh, those two big training runs in the hills because that's definitely something that you need and flyovers are not at all um, useful for a for a race like this so yeah Terrain was probably one of my biggest uh, challenge in training. And plus, um, this little fellow <laughs> uh, who was actually quite supportive, but uh, my training would really totally depend on if he doesn't sleep in the night, I don't sleep in the night, and then I don't, I skip my run, and then, then I have work the whole day, so not that I can do it during the day. So I have done a lot of runs at very, very odd times. I've run at 8 p.m. I've actually... My last long run in Chennai was at 12 in the afternoon. It is just sometimes I come home for lunch and do. It was very, very, like very half as hard. 
but i i was doing about four days four days a mm-hmm. week running and two okay. days strengthening definitely strengthening is very important when you when you're doing a distance like this amazing right so you have uh, uh, a two year old now right <laughs> And uh, he, and uh, as a uh, as a gynec and uh, fertility doctor, you are uh, always uh, you know working and busy. So between uh, raising a, uh, a toddler and uh, working, uh, you know, as a doctor, and in pre- training for something like uh, comrades. i think it is really something that you are able to you know juggle all these uh, balls uh, and uh, you know land them uh, land them the way you did is really amazing like you said uh, those hill uh, it is not a very straightforward path right uh, you you have an event in uh, mind and uh, you, here is the training plan and uh, you tick them off and you uh, get to the start line and uh, the finish line it doesn't happen that way like you said if the kid doesn't sleep you you yeah. all your plans can go to the <laughs> you know <laughs> dustbin yeah. and then and then you also have to find that correct terrain and you have to kind of schedule things around going somewhere and training for it and stuff like that yes. you know i think that was very supportive because i think i guess being a father of two kids even he knows because like my training would change according to teething schedules of the child also <laughs> so if a tooth is coming there is no sleep this week is gone it would be it it was it was that tweaked to that level um now that i think about it it just makes me laugh but yeah amazing amazing so you made it to the start line with all these uh, you know jug- with juggling around uh, how was the race itself how did the race itself go oh so i mean um, like i said right it's a 12 hour so when you do they have starting corals so at a 428 you're still quite behind uh, in starting and um the comrades marathon is probably the only race which is not mat to mat it is gun to mat so when you when the race starts your time starts whether you've reached the start line or not ah so i'm so behind and i can we can see the race has started and you can far away see some heads nodding and you're still stationary because it is so crowded it took me 6 and 1/2 minutes after the race started to reach the start line wow so i have already lost so now i have to finish the race in what say 11 11:54 or something not even 12 hours i've already lost 6 minutes there so that puts you in a very anxious state although my coach had warned me about this i was still um and he had given me a, i had written down okay how many kilometers i need to be where at what kilometer it was 8 degrees at start i was wearing three layers gloves cap what not because again being in chennai you're definitely not used to a cold weather or training mm-hmm. in cold i think uh, i threw off one layer at 20 and threw off the other at 40 because it became really warm and then at 65 it starts raining and it became severely cold and by now i have thrown away everything and i am shivering and walking 
and by 65 your mind also is like you know what is happening you don't know what's happening <laughs> and uh, then i just told myself erica the only way is to run that's the only way you'll get warm <laughs> get your act together and start running and um, somehow finished with the last 10 were really 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 hard to get your mind and your body to get in sync and do it because your legs will say i want to stop but the mind is like go 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 mind says no i think we'll take a rest but legs are fine it was just like a constant mental uh, game in the last 10 kilometers and the the end is so electrifying because you enter into the main stadium in durban the entire stadium is full of people cheering for you and you have to run 200 meters in that stadium to the finish line so it is just like goosebump moment and i can see it's still wow. 15, 20 minutes left for the 12 hour mark and um, finished it in 11:45 on the clock and probably 11:38 is what my mat time was but with wow. a good buffer <laughs> to do it yes amazing so, amazing i had my coach there waiting for me to finish I think I didn't cry when I crossed but when I saw him I was like my god from where I came I just broke down and uh, he he was just very very proud of me and just a really yeah. <laughs> no no it, it is it is really something right the from uh, uh, you know being pregnant and coming uh, during the pandemic uh, delivering and then kind of it continuing to train in that 100 meters here and there and then you know kind of maintaining and then trying to juggle all these uh, with a toddler and <laughs> one in, in getting to the finish line of one of the biggest races uh, in the running community is uh, really really something and no no wonder it is like goosebumps uh, moment because yes. i can feel the goosebumps uh, just hearing to the story yes Amazing. and it's nice it just felt very nice because i had like a lot of support from everybody mm. from my family from from my friends and from my running group throughout the journey so very very thankful to each one of them i mean yeah yeah it does, you know it takes a village you know although although we yeah, pursue and, our and my baby nanny who kept my baby i think she was one of the most important people i'm laughing and saying this but yes she like really i mean when i'm going out running i she and my family i stay in a joint family so right they would all keep no. take no it is very important to have that uh, kind of support system as well it it yes. it doesn't uh, we cannot do anything uh, on our own Uh, in these kind of uh, things right so yes. excellent uh, so what next uh, dr erica you know, you have done uh, a couple of marathons <laughs> and you have done probably one of the biggest uh, races uh, in running so what is next on your uh, so you a lot know? of people ask me this and i used to tell them that uh, i don't know because my vision was only till till here i never thought after comrades what and then i have this call with my coach after i rested for like two weeks and i said coach so what do we do next 
And he's like, I'm going to ask you one question. Are we doing this again? Or are we moving on to something else? And I, this race has just been so amazing. The support throughout the race, it felt like a festival. There are people who have come, they have cooked food from their own houses and they're standing there throughout 90 kilometers. It was just, that race has just been, has made such an impact in my life that I think I wanted to win again the next year. Awesome, awesome. Really good. I really don't know if I I will, but, uh, but. But that is something that, you know, something uh, to look forward to and probably train, right? Yes. Excellent. That doesn't get any bigger than that. Yes, absolutely. Great. It's been a fantastic conversation, uh, Dr. Erika. I really enjoyed the conversation. To conclude the session, what are some of the tips that you would give uh, working athletes uh, to do well at uh, work and sport? I think, uh, I think first of all, anybody who's working should or has a stressful job or anything, I think being into doing some sort of exercise, for me, it really helps me. I mean, I'm more active, I'm more, the decisions I take are are much better if I've done a workout in the morning. So I think doing, um, that there is a way to juggle it. And I think everyone will eventually find that, that, that path. And um, I think consistency is one of the most important things that I, I learned. It was not about how fast I ran or how, how slow I ran. It was more about I figured out a way to at least do it four to five times a week. Hmm. Any sort of exercise. So I yeah. think consistency is the key. And um, if you want, you really can do it. It's And if you want, you can really find a hundred excuses. So it, yeah. it all comes down to how badly you want that. Absolutely. Great. And I wanted to, I I kind of uh, wanted to talk about something that I missed. Um, So because you are a gynec and a fertility specialist, uh, do you think, uh, you know, uh, being active and uh, uh, workouts and stuff like that uh, uh, help? during uh, help with the fertility aspect of it and uh, uh, in general the gynec health oh absolutely absolutely i mean um, polycystic ovarian syndrome and obesity are one of the leading factors for infertility and both of them both of them are highly curable by um, diet and exercise in fact for pcos they say that a five percent weight loss will make you ovulate and get pregnant naturally so they won't even require any treatment and that is why uh, before i got into exercise i used to just tell them go lose weight and come but now i I have started giving an exercise prescription. How when you go to a doctor, you take tablets and they tell you how to eat it. So I now I'm very specific to 45 minutes of brisk walking five times a day. So it's it's it it should be a part of your prescription is what hmm. I believe in now. And it really helps a lot of women. Right. I, and uh, uh you mentioned PCOS. What is that? The polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's 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 a very okay. common uh, uh, thing, ovarian disease that happens in 
mainly reproductive age women but nowadays we're seeing it in a lot of adolescent girls also so i mm-hmm. recommend that you know even imbibing exercise from as young as you are also helps a lot in your fertility as well as other medical disorders also right right yeah so uh, that is very important you know it will be very helpful for girls and you know women in general uh, and uh, the, it's a great thing that you mentioned about uh, you know prescribing uh, the uh, exercise as well because we tend to follow you know whatever the doctor uh, writes down on the prescription and gives yeah. you know take this tablet at this time take this tablet at this time but if you yeah. just say do go do uh, exercise be active uh, people don't Uh, typically tend to follow uh, right unless they say okay do this and this and stuff like that so mm-hmm. and you are in a really uh, good position to uh, actually prescribe because you know what it is like both from a physical fitness point of view and the medical uh, uh, p- perspective as well so th- that that is excellent so does this uh, prescription Uh, like uh, can can it be uh, one one thing uh, for every that works for everyone or does it uh, no, depend no, on person to person depends on person to person and your weight and your bmi and also what kind of a lifestyle they have i mean i also see many women who have so much of housework during the day i i definitely am not going to ask them to go to the gym and spend 2 hours or something so you really have to make it work according to their lifestyle Yeah, yeah that is uh, definitely uh, important even uh, when you chart a training plan we we chart it according to the you know person where they are what they can manage and what is their uh, life circumstances and stuff like that right so it is yeah. it makes sense this has right. been uh, really really uh, fantastic uh, dr erika thank you for uh, taking the time and uh, sharing mm-hmm. your experience and expertise with the working athlete podcast thank you so much thank you so much for having me here